the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Jesus didn't die on the cross for us to live however we want to live. He died on the cross because of the way that we were living. To save us from the way we were living. Now in Romans chapter 6, again, you don't have to turn there, but I'll read it to you. Verse 1, there Paul says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? There is often misconception about the relationship between grace and sin. Some would say you can live however you want because God is full of grace. However, Pastor Dan points out in his message today that Jesus did not die on the cross so that you could live however you want. He died because of the way you were living. He died to bridge the gap between you and God. His death does not give you license to live however you desire. If you accept Jesus' death is true, then you also die to sin. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jude, chapter 1, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. what he says here about these false teachers in verse 4, this description that he gives. He says that they creep into the church unnoticed. They're they're not obvious. And again, he's talking about uh, people that have leadership roles in churches. And he says when they come into a church uh, to assume the leadership of that church, they're they're not obvious. You know, they're not wearing a t-shirt that says heretic or deceiver on it. They slip in unnoticed and they become a leader in the church. They become a pastor or an elder or a deacon or a bishop or whatever the case may be. And and initially people receive them and embrace them and think that they're 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 great and godly and right on. That's why they make them a leader. As some of you I know have been involved in churches in the past where that church got a new pastor and everybody thought the pastor was great at first and then after the pastor was there for a while, they started teaching some things that were off. They started teaching false doctrine from the pulpit. Uh, My wife grew up in a church where they got a new pastor and, and everybody loved him at first, but then he started teaching that there's no hell, that everybody goes to heaven and it caused the church split. I remember when I was a, a new believer, real new believer, I, I got in a conversation with a bishop in a denomination, just by chance, a bishop. And in our conversation, he, he said that uh, everybody gets another chance to accept Christ after they die. A bishop, a bishop, 
not like a self-appointed bishop, like in some churches, people just take the title, I'm Bishop Sexton, but like a real bishop. And I was a young new believer, and I said, well, what about Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, where it says it's appointed unto man once to die, and then comes a judgment. He just dismissed that. Oh, I think God has got to love, and God's going to give everybody one more chance after they die. Now, Jesus said in Matthew chapter uh, 7, I'll just read it to you. Matthew chapter 7, he said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. He said, You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Jesus said, watch out for false prophets. They're going to look like sheep when they come in. They're going to look like Christians. They're going to sound like Christians. They're going to say all the right things at first. It's just a wolf in disguise. And Jesus said, you will know them by their fruit. What, what do they produce? What does their ministry produce? What does their teaching produce? Does it produce godliness? Does it produce holiness? Does it produce Christ-likeness? Does it produce a love for Jesus? Does it produce a love for the Word of God? Or does it produce something else? You know, in Matthew chapter 13, there Jesus told a parable about the wheat and the tares, Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Tares uh, have the appearance of wheat. They look like wheat, but they don't bear any seed. They don't bear any fruit. And they just suck nutrients out of the soil. They're good for nothing. Verse 26, but when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. And so the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. And so Jesus described there a field with wheat and tares growing together side by side, and they appear to be the same, but the tares bear no fruit, they bear no grain, they have no real value, but they grow side by side in the same field until harvest time. And at harvest time, then, the tares are are dealt with. And and what Jesus is saying in that parable is is what you will have in the churches. You'll have, you know, true uh, churches that are preaching the word of God and that are proclaiming the gospel in the name of Jesus Christ. But then you're going to have these false teachers. And they're going to be in churches as well. And you'll have these churches side by side. But then you're going to have, at the end of the age, at the time of judgment, then God will deal with all of these false teachers. Now, look at verse 4 again. Jude says, Long ago, they were marked out for condemnation. God will judge them. 
They are unnoticed by man, but they are noticed by God. And God will deal with them. And then in verse 4, I want you to see this in your Bible. In verse 4, Jude tells us that there are uh, two characteristics that identify these ungodly false teachers. Two characteristics that identify them. Something that you, could, uh, that you can see about their teaching that will identify them to you as, hey, this, this is a false teacher. In fact, there's two words in verse 4 that you should underline in your Bible if you do that kind of thing. The first word is the word turn. And the second word is the word deny. So the first thing that characterizes these ungodly men, look at verse 4, is they turn or they change the grace of God into lewdness. Or to put it another way, they change the grace of God into a license. They change the grace of God into a license to sin. These false teachers say, you you can be a Christian and live however you want to live. And do whatever you want to do. You can give full expression to your desires and your passions and your feelings, whatever. And you can just chalk it up to grace. God is gracious, and God is accepting, and God is loving, and God understands. And He understands your choices, and He understands your lifestyle, He understands that that's just how you are, and He accepts you that way. And what Jude is saying here is, that is wrong. That is a wrong doctrine. This is not the faith that God once for all delivered to the saints, where you can, you can be a Christian and just live however you want. Jesus didn't die on the cross for us to live however we want to live. He died on the cross because of the way that we were living. To save us from the way we were living. Now in Romans chapter 6, again, you don't have to turn there, but I'll read it to you. Verse 1, there Paul says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Should we, should we continue in sin because of the grace of God? Certainly not, Paul says. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, it says, You have been called to liberty, but do not use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. And that's essentially what these false teachers were teaching. That you can satisfy your sinful nature and then chalk it up to grace. God's gracious. God's loving, God's accepting. In Titus chapter 2, verse 12, it says uh, that, that the grace of God teaches us, the grace of God teaches us to turn from ungodliness and sinful pleasures. That's what, the, that's what grace teaches us, to turn from it, not indulge in it and continue in it, but to turn from sinful pleasures. But some of these ungodly men taught the opposite of that. Uh, they taught that a, a Christian can live however they please and engage in their sinful pleasures. And God is so gracious, He accepts them just the way that they are. First John chapter uh, 1, verse 6, where John said, If we say that we have fellowship with God and we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. John said, if, if we say that we're a Christian, but we're walking or living in 
darkness, living in a lifestyle of sin, he says, you're a liar. You don't know the Lord. Those are John's words. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. So these ungodly men, one of the things that characterize them that you would notice about their teaching is they they change the grace of God into license for sin. License for sin. A second characteristic of ungodly teachers, verse 4, they deny the truth. They deny the truth. Look at verse 4 again. Who turn the grace of God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, anything they don't like about God, they just reject it. Anything they don't like uh, about the Bible, anything they don't agree with in the Bible, they just disregard it. That's a sign of a false teacher. Any doctrine that uh, they disagree with in the Bible, if they just disregard it, that's a false teacher. They turn the grace of God into license and they deny the truth of God. And sadly, that's very widespread in many parts of the church today, where there's just a disregard for the truth. I don't agree with that. I don't think that applies today. That word doesn't mean what you think it means. And this is why Jude tells all of us that we need to earnestly contend for the faith. And that brings us to verse 5. And verse 5 to verse 11, what Jude does is he gives us uh, six examples from the Old Testament of when the grace of God was turned into license for sin or when the truth of God was denied and disregarded. And Jude writes this, obviously, he's writing to people that, um, that have a, a depth of knowledge about the Old Testament. And these six Old Testament examples, they show us a few things. One of the things that they show us is that this has always been an issue. This has always been an issue. All the way back in the book of Genesis, it was an issue. People have always turned the grace of God into a license to sin. They've always denied the truth of God. There's always been people that have done that. There have always been people that elevate their own opinion or the opinions of man over the Word of God. Always. Throughout history. It's not something new. It's not something unique to the day that we live in. It's not something that was unique to the first century church when Jude was writing this. It's always been an issue. Believers have always had to contend for the faith in every generation. Uh, These six Old Testament examples also show that man is rebellious at heart. And he always has been. Man's just rebellious. He's a rebel. He rebels against God. He rebels against God's authority over his life. 
Man has always been that way. Now, this passage, verses 5 to 11, they're very similar to um, Stephen's sermon in Acts chapter 7, if you remember that passage. Uh, Stephen is giving his defense before the religious leaders, before the priests. And if you remember what Stephen did, he went back and he began with Abraham and he starts going through Israel's history, kind of, you know, point by point for 50 verses. In Acts chapter 7, he goes through Israel's history and rehearses their history before those religious leaders. And then at the very end of this history lesson, Stephen says to those religious leaders, you've always been stiff-necked and you have always resisted the Holy Spirit throughout your history. And Jude is saying the same thing here. Throughout the history of man, there have always been people who take the grace of God and use it to fulfill their sin. And there have always been people who have denied the truth of God's word and elevated themselves and their opinion above the word of God. So, look at verse 5. One other thing. Another thing that all these examples are going to show us is that God has never accepted that. God has never blessed. He's never blessed using His grace as a license for sin. And He's never blessed denying His word. He's never blessed it. In fact, you could say He has a perfect record when it comes to dealing with these kinds of people and this kind of teaching doesn't change. So, verse 5, our first example. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. This is referring back to Numbers chapter 13 and 14, if you're taking notes. God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. He delivered them miraculously. He brought them through the desert miraculously. He provided for them miraculously while they were in the desert. He led them miraculously. And God promised to give them the land of Canaan. That's why it's called the promised land. Because God promised to give it to the children of Israel. He described it as a land flowing with milk and honey, meaning it's a land of abundance and fruitfulness and a land of great blessing. And if you remember this story, God brought the children of Israel all the way to the edge of the promised land. They were about to go in, and they came to a place called Kadesh Barnea, Numbers 13 and 14. And it was at Kadesh Barnea that the people, not God, it wasn't God's idea, that the people said, we want to send 12 spies into the land first to check out the land, to see if it really is a land flowing with milk and honey like God said. God didn't need to go check out the land. He knew what was in the land. Here he is, he's trying to bless them by bringing them into their own land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And the people said, we want to spy out the land first instead of just believing God's word to them. And you remember they send in the 12 spies, 12 spies come back, two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, they've got a good report. They said, let's go take the land. But then the ten spies, they come back and they have a bad report. Interesting in their bad report, they say the land is just as God said it is. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. Remember, they brought back the grapes and they've got this big, two guys got to carry the bunch of grapes. It is just as God said it is. They know his word is true. But then they said, 
The people in that land are strong. So there's giants in that land. And they'll crush us like grasshoppers. And there's walled cities in that land. And the whole nation, two million people, believed the testimony of those ten spies over the testimony of God. They elevated the opinion of ten men over the opinion of God, over the word of God. God said, I'm going to give you the land. And they believed man over God. And if you remember, they didn't enter into the promised land. They all died in the wilderness in their unbelief, the Bible says. And what Judas saying with this example is, because they didn't believe God's word, and they denied his word, and they elevated the opinions of men above the word of God, they never experienced the blessings that God had for them. They never experienced the blessings that God had for them. If you or I deny God's word and elevate the opinions of man over what the word of God says, you will never experience the blessings of God on your life. You just won't. You will find your spiritual life to be like a desert. And you will find yourself just kind of wandering around in a spiritual desert in circles, going nowhere. And you will never experience the blessing of God or the abundant life in Christ that Jesus Christ promises to every believer. And Jude says to us, he says, hey, look at the history. Go back and read your history book. Go back and read your Old Testament. The second example from the Old Testament, verse 6, and the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Now, there's a couple possibilities of what this refers to. Some things it refers to the Genesis chapter 6. I think it seems to refer to the fall of Satan from heaven. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus uh, refers to the fall of Satan from heaven, saying, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Uh, the Bible uh, shows us that Satan was once an angelic being in heaven, serving God, but then he rebelled against God. He rebelled against God's authority. He exalted himself. And that's described in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 to 14, if you want to look it up later. He asked me how I know, I say, bring Jude encourages you to not only know when God's Word is being abused, but to stand up for the truth. It urges you to know the Bible from the moment God created the world to the beginning of life eternal with Him and without evil. Take some time today to read for yourself what the book of Jude has to share, as well as the rest of Scripture. Then you can know for sure what's true and what's being put forth as a lie. We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth to study this New Testament letter with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you'd like more information on this ministry or to continue to listen to teachings from God's Word, visit calvaryec.com. We'd enjoy meeting you too. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. 
We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. You can find out more at our website. Again, that's calvaryec.com. Would you do us a favor? Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Pray, too, for those listening that they would know Jesus and surrender to His love. Thanks for praying, and thanks for tuning in to Ring of Truth. I recognize the 